Rolling. What's happening, y'all? Andy and Zach, A to Z. We are coming at you here from Zahn's Brewing here on a beautiful spring day in mm -hmm. Nashville here at Zahn's Brewing. And if you're tuning into the live stream on Instagram, please turn your phone over. <laughs> I think we've kind of made the executive decision that even though the vertical recording is Instagram friendly, it just looks so much better if the camera can be closer and in landscape. Mm. So if you actually watch the live stream and, and the recording, just go ahead and turn your phone on over and it's just like you're sitting across the table from us. Oh, look at that. In oh, instead of otherwise, it looks like you're clear across the room. Right, and then you could grab a beer and sit with us as if you're at the table enjoying a beer and conversation. Very one-sided conversation. You know what? Next time you can just put on your 3D glasses and, and we'll, be, we'll be jumping through your screen. I was going to say the next iteration of the podcast is VR. Oh, love it. Hey, we're not far away. Uh, yeah. You know, we are not far you away. You could, in theory, tune into the podcast in the metaverse. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. You could buy a seat in the, for the meta show. That'd be cool. You could buy a meta seat. Actually, you know how much easier that would make... Um, podcast recording for like guests that don't live here yeah yeah you could have like a little hologram the only thing I, you and i the buzzes in we've talked about this the only thing and, and I, I still believe this there's like a i don't know what it's what it is but there's a little bit of a like a loss in like the pizzazz of a podcast that's on like zoom for example which is the, the next closest step to the metaverse. I don't know what it is about the inter the personal, like face to face interaction. The chemistry is just infinitely better to me. Yeah, it's like HD versus like 360p. This is not comparable. It isn't to yeah. me. Well, there's nothing that can replace just sitting down face to face with with somebody with and a friend enjoying a beer. Yeah, and listen, a real beer, not a metaverse beer. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. I mean, we're not stuck in the simulation yet. Um, so one of the lines that I did not cross in COVID times mm. was Zoom dating. That was a thing? Oh, that was a thing. What? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Yeah, on, uh, you know, uh, like on the dating apps, you could like uh, click to... You know, obviously you could do like uh, video chats like sure. through a lot of the apps, which, you know, just to make sure like someone's real is yeah. valuable to do. But uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of people were doing Zoom first dates and that, that kind of thing. And that's where I kind of just drew the line in the sand. Mm. I was like, I'm not going to do that. I would rather be alone. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody listening to this podcast is like, it worked for me. <laughs> oh, no, I'm sure it worked for a lot of people. And honestly, it's funny because I figured more people would kind of be on board with that sentiment. But I've heard from a lot of my single friends like, oh, you should have. I'm like, I, I don't think so. You said a lot of your single friends, which right. means that it didn't exactly pan out for them. Oh, well, I should say, well, yeah. First you had all, said my married friend said. Well, we're still only talking about stuff that was going on a year ago, so I think you might be jumping the gun with getting married. But okay. My dating friends. So they're dating. Yeah. Did they meet on a Zoom call? Uh, I don't think I can specifically point to an example of any current 
couples that are together that met on Zoom. Okay, so... I, I could be wrong. They could be out there. I just don't know. I'm sure they're out there, but if... I don't know any. I was going to say, if you don't know any, then you're probably okay. You were probably right to follow your gut on that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, so in any case, that speaks to the chemistry that is lost when you're not in the room with somebody. Hmm. I'm, I'll be curious to see how that pans out in real life um, as the metaverse becomes a more prevalent thing because of that exact thing. Like, it, like it just, there's a loss there. Like, I know a lot of people are spending a lot of time and money buying real estate in the metaverse. It's all very out there to me but based on just like zoom calls i'm like ugh, that sounds like my worst nightmare yeah 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 who knows what it's gonna look like but uh i like this simulation better so far (laughs) so far you know minus the uh the russian invasion oh right which is the topic of today's podcast, yeah. by the way. We're, we're no longer calling them Russian kettlebell swings. We're, we're, we, yes. Um, no, but all that to say, uh, no, my serious point is, yes, um, obviously the real world has its uh, fair share of problems, um, but that almost makes me wonder... What are the real world problems going to be when the rest of us are plugged into an artificial reality? Like, will Putin, will the dictators, will, you know, the, uh, the other unscrupulous characters in the world continue to engage in, like, real life uh, war, crime, fraud? while a large, if not majority, percentage of the population is so plugged in that they don't even know the difference or they don't even know what's happening around them? Probably. I would imagine so. You've seen Ready Player One, right? Yeah. I feel like if, if you've watched Ready Player One, it, that's what it's going to look like. Yeah. Hmm. It's like poverty, but everybody's plugged in, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> well, hey, we're doing our part with... With the podcast, I feel. So sure. if, if you're going to, if you have to spend your time on your phone, which right now is our little mini, mini augmented reality, I guess, mm. um, you may as well be listening to two guys. Drink beer and pretend to know stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you took the words right out of my mouth. Mm. But no, obviously we are in a very uh, tragic and historical times uh, with the uh, Russian invasion of uh, Ukraine. And, um, you know, uh, we were just talking before, uh, before coming on air that, um, you know, kettlebells is kind of my thing, right? And the kettlebell is generally regarded as a Russian invention. And the style of training that I kind of specialize in is often referred to as Russian hard style training. And Mm. we call these like Russian swings and all these things, which, uh, I mean, except for the get up, that's Turkish, but okay. We have Turkish get up, Russian swing, Bulgarian split squat, Romanian deadlift, Romanian deadlift, Copenhagen plank. There is the American swing. 
<clears throat> there which is, is just the, American... the, the Big Mac of kettlebell swings. Which unfortunate, it's so unfortunate. <laughs> it's so unfortunate that that particular technique is named after our, our country. So like the atrocious one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the atrocious American swing. Yes. Also, if anybody out there is listening, watching, uh, maybe my guess would be you're probably in the CrossFit space and you are uh, willing to have a, um, a, a real conversation, dare I say a debate around the merits of the American kettlebell swing, I'd love to have you on the show. That makes one of us. <laughs> Maybe you could sit that one out. Maybe you can moderate. I'll, yeah, I was going to say, uh, I'll either moderate or I'll take a week off because I, I just don't think the American swing is useful at all. Yeah, so, so you're a little biased. I am, yeah. Yeah. So all that to say, um, I, am, I am putting my um, idea out there, planting my flag in the ground, that um, maybe it's time to... Uh, rename the Russian heart style swing. What are you going to rename it to? Well, so far we've come up with freedom swings, <laughs> which I don't think is bad. I don't that's think a, it's a bad start. That's a good, yeah, that's a good start. Um, I really like alliteration, so I, I'm almost trying to think of a word that also begins with an S. Sack swings? Um, Special swings? Spontaneous swings. We're brainstorming. Okay, we're brainstorming. <laughs> Six swings. We'll get there eventually. <laughs> but uh, yeah, if we, um, yeah, there's no, as far as I know, there's no um, exercise police, no kettlebell police. So. I thought that was you. I, I mean, that's a good point. If there is a kettlebell, <laughs> if there is an officer of the kettlebell, you're looking at him. I was going to say, there's a kettlebell KGB. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Very nice. <laughs> Nicely played. Uh, yeah. So, if anybody out there maybe has a, a, a good new name, a fresh, a little, putting a little fresh perspective on the old hard style swing, we're, we're open to hearing it. Okay. And uh, I think as soon as we come up with something that really lands, I'm, I'm going to promote the hell out of it. Okay. I'm let you do that. Hey, I tell you, if the price is right, maybe you could even sponsor the new swing. Like, maybe it could be the Zahn's Brewing Swing. <laughs> Zahn's Swing. Mm-hmm. We need to work on that a little bit. But, like... The- just have him in the thing instead of whatever doing this. Have him rack a kettlebell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's very close. All he needs to do is tuck the elbow a little bit and rack a kettlebell, and we're good to go. Yeah, we're currently accepting bids okay. for sponsorship for naming rights of the new swing. Okay. Yeah. You can come up with a. Oh, he's leaning uh, in the artwork. He's leaning on a table. Nah, nobody needs to know that. He can just rack a kettlebell. Yeah. Okay. We're on to something now. Yeah. Um, I mean, for that matter, maybe Andy Van, strength and conditioning, wants to I need sponsor something. Throw, throw his hat in the ring. We call it the Andy Van Swing. Whoa. Everybody comes into my gym and be like, we're doing, we're scratching everything, everybody. We're starting over. Swings only. <laughs> 
Yeah, I think... Uh, Swings and get-ups, because that's the only things that I like. My narcissism might run so deep that if I ran a gym, I would just call everything by my first name. Just like, who is it? Is it, um, is it Mike Tyson? Who? No, no, no. George Foreman, who like supposedly named all of his kids George Foreman. What about girls? I think they're also named George Foreman. George? What about Georgia? They could, they could be Georgia. I'm not Jeez. sure. But uh, I've heard that he has like a bunch of kids and they're all named George. Nah, that's pretty nuts. So I might, I might have like Zach push-ups, Zach pull-ups, Zach swings. Yes, please. Well, <laughs> so I could... Um, well, my name is on my building. So like, I, I, it's not a stretch to put my name on every exercise. It's just Andy Van, three by five. <laughs> like what is this workout three by five at 85 percent or whatever they'd be like what and then a2 will be andy van three by eight they'd be like, i don't know what's the difference they'd be like just you're, exercise you're here to learn you're here to learn they're all called andy van every single one of them yeah you know how like crossfit has the workouts named after oh. the, the heroes and the girls thank you so much you're welcome um, aren't those aren't those the two main categories? You have the hero workouts and the girl workouts. I guess so. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know their formula for naming workouts. Yeah, you could just have you just call all of your workouts. Andy Van One, Andy Van Two. Okay, I can do that. Yeah. One point oh, one point one. Today is Andy Van Day. Twelve point one. Are you ready to work your Andy Van? Yeah. Are you ready to work your van off? You want to get a big old Andy Van pump? <laughs> That's what the people are lining up for. So I hear. So I hear. You're very busy. I mean, I am, yes. It's good. It's been fun. But yeah, we'll call everything Andy Van. Yeah. Yes, the gym is busy in yeah. a good way. Great. Yeah. I'm glad to hear it, man. It's dirty. I need a vacuum. But yeah, it's good. Oh, it means it's being used. Mm. It is incredible how dirty a gym that size can get that fast. One of these days we'll do a, like... Not a whole podcast, that'd be dumb, but we'll do like a segment where I'm like, things I didn't know or I would think I'd have to know about owning a business or owning a gym. Mm. Like, music is the one thing that I can't get right all the time. Sure. I, can't, I don't get it wrong, I just don't get it right. And then like all the supplies that I end up buying just to like make the gym comfortable. Mm-hmm. And then the dirt. Mm. I swear, I vacuum and the first person to walk in my door after a fresh vacuum and mop has been doing yard work all weekend and they're and they brought their yard shoes in and they walk through my gym which is fine it's a gym i don't give a shit but it's just incredible uh so people leave their shoes on for their workouts depends on what we're doing okay anything like single leg where you have to like step like either a forward lunge or reverse lunge where you're like digging those toes in for me, like, I, I like being shoes on for that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But, like, squatting, deadlifting, no, we go shoes off. Mm-hmm. There are no rules in my gym. It's just chaos. Bro. And everything's named Andy Van. <laughs> Andy Van Land. And, and Andy Van Land, you can go with shoes on, shoes off. You can go shoes on, no socks if you want to. I don't Ooh. know why you would, but you could. I'm not going to judge. No rules, just right. There's no rules. It's just... Anarchy. Isn't that the Outback um, theme? No rules, just right? Outback Steakhouse? Well, I don't know. I haven't eaten an Outback in like 15 years. 
definitely have seen an Outback Steakhouse commercial in recent history. Oh. But, yeah, same. Um, well, cool, man. Well, yeah, so uh, speaking of kettlebell swings, spreading the good word about kettlebell swings, because I think that's originally what spreading we were... Spreading the gospel. <laughs> that's what we were originally um, spouting off about, was um, as you know, because I'm always talking about it, um, but in addition to this podcast, the other major um, content priority for me over the past year is has, only been, fans. has been OnlyFans.com. <laughs> yes. Okay, sorry. So I'm here to announce the Platinum membership. <laughs> Just kidding. Okay. YouTube. <laughs> YouTube.com. And uh, specifically putting out uh, long-form, deep-dive exercise tutorials. So I've been, that's what I'm doing a lot of for about the past year. And I've been waiting to do the kettlebell swing, basically to do it last out of this big series of videos because I wanted to iron out all the kinks. Mm. And I think I pretty much did. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've come up with like a format, a, you know, decided what video looks best, what audio looks best. And um, yeah, it's all kind of come together. Wouldn't necessarily say it's like, best video that I've made, um, but it's very, um, it's comprehensive, and the goal is always to come out with a video or a lesson that fills the gaps in what I perceive, like, from, like, from the rest of the content creators. So usually that means it's a little bit longer, usually means it's a little bit more in-depth on different different areas, different topics. Uh, but yeah, so I just uploaded it this morning. And so really with all this YouTube stuff, making the video is like half the battle. Mm. And then there's the thumbnail and the title and the description and the tags. SEO. SEO stuff. Ugh. So that's what I've been working on most of the day today and finishing up tonight. So it's, oh, okay, I was gonna say, so when does it hit the proverbial stands? Uh, tomorrow morning. Okay. Yeah. Is it, is it done done? How much time are you going to put into it tonight? Oh, it's mostly done. I really just need to finalize like the description and the tags and I need to make a thumbnail. And get the shirtless selfie thumbnail. Yep. 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 Okay. Yep. Get that clickbait going. <laughs> no, it's really funny. Oftentimes the thumbnail is the hardest part. Yeah. Sometimes the thumbnail like comes together and it's just like, it's perfect. And it gets like... A lot of clicks, a lot of click through, and and it's just there. Sometimes I have to like redo a thumbnail like two or three times to like get it just right and you know spruce it up. So it's always it's always tricky, hmm. you know. Like sometimes a super simple thumbnail is best. Um, like my most popular YouTube video is um, how to choose your kettlebell size. Hmm. And it's literally the same photo that's the cover art for this podcast, which is just me holding a kettlebell like this. I did no editing. I just threw it up there, and it, it just took off. Huh. So I think probably maybe it took off despite the thumbnail, but there's, you know, you also got to consider that, uh, you know, for better or for worse, if you want a lot of eyes on your content, it's got to be eye-catching. 
and the thumbnail and the title is a big part of that. That's why you got to do the Shirley selfie. Yeah, I'm working on that, man. For that eye candy. I'm Make sure you do it. some push-ups and some peck stick before you take that photo. Yeah. I'm not sure how much this oatmeal stout is helping my <laughs> shirtless selfie. Well, no, it's carbs. So then you're carb loading, and then you're going to get pump for the shirtless selfie. Yeah. Doesn't a, doesn't a carb pump work best when you're coming off of carb depletion? That, and also dehydrated. Like, really badly dehydrated. Yeah. Yeah. So zero of those steps have been have been accomplished well have you tried being just beefcake in general it makes those pot or those uh uh oh did we lose okay hopefully we didn't lose audio dude, dude hopefully hopefully i mean you're blue here but i didn't i haven't looked until just now yeah wasn't it blue I've been when looking we started? at you i've been looking at those blue eyes Bro. oh thanks man <laughs> I swear, if I if I screwed up the live stream audio again, you're fired. I'm fired. <laughs> I'm out of here. It'll be a to podcast. <laughs> It'll be a whole podcast. It'll just be me rambling about whatever. Now, the blue light was on when yes when we cut when we, when we first cut on, and then it's on now. But I haven't been looking at it. I've been looking at you. Ah, that is so weird. Mm. I wonder why that happened. Well, sorry, live. If you're if you're watching you're on now. live, nice deep, bro. We're very sorry. We're a little all over the place today. That's okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, so so filling the gaps where you see most people kind of get a little sideways with their kettlebell swing stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I wish we had come up with a, a brand new name for the swing so I could have debuted it on that video. It's called the Freedom Swing. You can go back and edit that title. Introducing Freedom Freedom Freedom, 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 Freedom. How many freedoms is that? Call, four, it, four call it the Stars and Stripes Swing. <laughs> it's, it is... That's not bad. It's not bad, and also it's not the American swing. That's not bad. The stars and stripes swing. Oh, shit, dude. I'm so good. Just needed a couple beers to get me loose. <laughs> That's not bad. I like that. Okay. Star-spangled swing. Star- Oh, bro. <laughs> nice. Oh, I got to cheers that one. Nicely done. Okay, you got to figure it out now. All right, so go back in the edit. Introducing the Star Spangled Swing. There you go. Yeah. Infinitely better than the American Swing. In one man's humble and, opinion. And better than the They Who Shall Not Be Named Swing. Yeah. Mm. That too. The, they're the Voldemorts of swings now, <laughs> or whatever. Uh, this might be the appropriate time to give the damaging admission that... Um, I haven't read any of the Harry Potters, and I just watched the first two movies like a year ago. And you stopped at only two? Uh, yeah. No, I guess it didn't take off. Well, it's, I'm not opposed to watching the rest. It's just okay. I, I didn't get so hooked that I had to watch all of them. They're pretty good. Well, I say they're pretty good books. I read through the fourth book and finished it two weeks before seventh grade so let me do my math it was like 2003 2004 and then she didn't come out with the fifth book until i was like a junior senior in high school and by that point i wasn't interested in harry potter anymore and so i stopped reading them 
I've only heard good things. I've never heard bad things. They're not like the Twilight series. But I'm not going to go back and read them. Yeah. I'm not a big fiction writer, reader. Excuse me. Yeah, I think the window for me really getting into Harry Potter kind of closed a long time ago. I was going to say, ago. how did you miss that? I couldn't tell you. No. Did you, you. did you read all the Hobbit series? Like Lord of the Rings? Uh, I read the first book. Hmm. Yeah. So what were you reading fiction-wise? Because you're a reader. So were you... Uh, again, I don't read much fiction anymore, but surely you read some fiction as a child, as a teenager. No, not really. Huh. I wasn't really a reader till college, after college. You know what the funny thing... That's what's so funny to me. Like, I know once, it's tangenting, like way off fitness, yeah. but like... Here's the thing. Once, once I didn't have to read anything, I got into reading. Yeah, same. Yeah. Yeah. Like postgraduate school, because I was yeah. just like, ugh, I do a ton of reading for grad school. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Not plus, fitness related. But yeah, I mean, plus my free time was mostly taken up with... Uh, Girls. <laughs> Mostly just thinking about them. <laughs> Not talking to them. Imagining scenarios in which you talk to them and it right. works really well. Right. Like, oh, I mean, I'm so suave. I mean, I've been there before. I've done that. I'm so suave. I'm really smooth <laughs> in my head. <laughs> Dude, exactly. Exactly. Uh, yeah, so no. Thinking about chicks, video games, and guitar. That's what took up all my all my free time okay no no uh brain power left for uh reading well not now though uh yeah i probably actually i probably read less now than i um have in recent history um honestly mostly because i've been doing more writing than i have reading mm. yeah so i mean so i write i write out all of my, all of the youtube videos like transcribe them right mm-hmm. now? Holy shit, that's a lot of work. Yeah, yeah. That's huh. that's. You know, if there's like three big steps, it's writing the script, filming, and then editing and posting. Holy hell! Yeah, it's See, a lot. I was gonna say that's like a part-time job, full-time mm-hmm. job. I don't know. Yeah, man. That's why I say like the, the la- when I say like the last two weeks, like all my free time has gone into this video, which is kind of the case with almost every video that I've kind of done so far that's in this particular style mm-hmm. is yeah like if anybody wants to like steal my steal my secrets for whatever it's worth I try to do like a freehand brainstorming of just like just get all my ideas out um, I mean well first of all like settling on a topic which in this case is a little straightforward because I like I know I just want to do all these exercise tutorials so like when it, you just pick the exercise brainstorm all the things about it all the steps what it's good for you know muscles works um mistakes pro tips just brainstorm it all out Hmm. that usually takes a couple days um and then i kind of take that as like the raw material the raw clay and i start like actually sketching out an actual script Hmm. And then usually that takes at least a couple days. Um, and then you edit it, you add, you subtract, you tighten it up. Um, and then, of course, you film it. Then you film, like, your B-roll. 
and then then there's a whole editing process from there. It's fun though. It's fun to me. Mm. Yeah, it's it's fun having developed a system. Right. You know. I imagine if you have like a like a guide or you know stepwise whatever you want to call it, it's a lot easier. I'm very much task oriented. Um. Like like for example like recipes. Mm. I get, I still get comments all the time now like in my Instagram stories for like anything that I cook. And people are like, oh, when are you going to open a restaurant? Or like, how do you come up with these recipes? And I'm like, I don't. I literally follow a script. I go to the New York Times, and I type in something that I'm craving, like shrimp, for example. And I, come, I find a recipe, and I follow the recipe. Like, I'm not, cre- I'm not coming up with this shit. I wish that I was that creative, but I'm not. At the same time, I can outsource like, mental capacity to whoever's done it before, and then just follow the script. So to your point, I imagine it would be easier if when the day comes, which is unlikely, that I want to film content. If I had like a script or like a step one, step two, step three, it would be so much easier to like knock it out. Otherwise, it just feels very amorphous and unguided and, you know, all over the place. So I have to give you credit for having your recipe that you follow, that you created. Yeah. You're a chef of digital media. Might be one of the nicest things anyone's ever said to me. You're just going to have to put that in your Instagram tag. <laughs> Quote from Andy Van. <laughs> As heard on the A to Z show. Yep. Well, that's cool, man. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. So, the tricky thing is going to be refiguring the recipe once all of the dishes have been made. Because mm. eventually I'm gonna run out. Mm. You know, we're gonna have to change it up. That is what's so tricky about like training, training, whether on video or or just training in general. Is it's after a while you can only get so creative. Yeah. You know, like that's the hardest thing as a coach is I want to be creative and like, am I being creative? And constructive for this person's goals and needs, or am I um, throwing shit to see what sticks? Right. And I, at least I have that filter. I have to give myself credit that I have that filter where I can, in the moment, be like, "This is dumb. You're just trying to be flashy and cool," mm-hmm. and I'll scratch it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's tough, though. Yeah. I mean, there's only so many ways that you can do so many things. Yeah. And you're like, well. It is what it is. It is what it is. We're going to grip and rip exactly how we have been. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That said, excuse me. Um, So I think March was today, the 21st. Today's the 21st. So Friday, I believe, it was either Friday or Thursday, the 18th or the 17th, was was the one-year anniversary of my bicep tear. Ah, right. Um, I'm happy to report that my bicep is doing very well. It it's looking good. Thank you. Uh, it's not 100%. Like, it's like 90, 99%. There's still things that are not perfect. Okay. But they told me. They're like, it'll be a, well over a year before you don't think about it when you use it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that said, the bicep not, notwithstanding, my left shoulder, the non-surgically reconstructed one, is also going bad. Mm. So I'm, I'm running on a flat on the left side. 
on the driver's side front. <laughs> Not fully flat, but there's something. Leaking. There's some air leaking. It's leaking. There's some air leaking on the driver's side front wheel. There's, so there's a nail. There's yeah, a nail there's the a nail in there. So, I, you know, I, I'm discouraged by it, but at the same time, like my uh, surgeon who repaired both my bicep and my shoulder in separate surgeries told me years ago that my left shoulder would need reconstruction. So okay. I already knew it was on the radar. I just didn't know it was going to be this soon. Right. That said, um, I've been going to physical therapy and doing some of, my, some of my exercises to help stabilize it. So I've been seeing Aaron, who was on the podcast last year, episode five, I believe. Was it episode five? I think so. Episode five. Yeah. So she's been patching me up. Yeah. And then um, I have since switched my training <clears throat> on upper body to be more conducive because the shoulder really does hurt. Like, mm. if I flare, like today I bench pressed, but I can only close grip. If I go any wider than close grip and I, my elbows flare at all, the shoulder hurts immediately. Mm. And so it's very deflating. And so I can't move as much weight, can't move as comfortably. So it's just not a good thing. So there's some, some exercises. Is that Beer Slayer? Beer Slayer That's is Beer in Slayer the himself. building. Oh my goodness. He should know that they're closed on Monday. Uh, they're probably going to let him in. Probably. He's should, should we let him in? Uh, I I don't think that I don't think we have the uh, authority. The to, authority to let anybody is, in the front door. Uh, surely, okay. He just walked away. I'm, he's <laughs> going to be in here in a minute. Um, it's going to be a scene. It is going to be a scene. Maybe he'll join the podcast. He well, we told him a number of times. Okay, so for everybody who's new to the Beer Slayer which is everybody on this podcast. Beer Slayer is a man who calls himself Beer Slayer. I actually don't even know his real name. He's never introduced himself as his real name. He calls himself Beer Slayer. Supposedly, he goes around and drinks all the beer around town and has been inquisitive about our podcast. He slays the beer around town. He slays the beer around town. And we told him that he should start a podcast, and I would listen to that. Like, yeah. get, like get his opinion on different beers or about different breweries or whatever. He... It, to my knowledge, has not started that podcast, but I will encourage I would, him every time I see him. I would bet money he has not started I would bet the podcast. Money, yeah. I, I think, think he does more drinking of the beers than he does talking about the beers, hey, which we is all, fine. Yeah, yeah. You no, got to know your craft. Yeah. You, <laughs> you got to put in the hours of practice. <laughs> you got to know what you're talking about. Right. So, um, so anyway, okay. Off the beer slayer thing. Um but yeah, training. All right, upper body training. What are shoulder we talking hurts. about? Fitness? We were bench talking, pressing? I think we were talking about bench pressing. So anyway, point being, shoulder hurts. There's a lot of stuff that I can't do. But here's what I have started doing. Um, just a metric ass load of volume on very strict time constraints. So like 20 seconds work, 40 seconds rest. And doing like four, five, six sets. Mm-hmm. Now, the way that this works for me is that in about 20 seconds, I can get, depending on the load, anywhere between 8 and 12, 8 and 15 reps, depending on how fast I'm moving. Mm-hmm. Then I get incomplete rest, which means that I have to sacrifice total load because I can't perform as well each set because I'm under-recovered, right? Mm-hmm. So the load has to be, like, moderate. And so I'll hit, you know, whatever, like, pull-downs, for example. 8 to 10 reps in my 20-second interval. 40 second breather 
and I literally have a timer on my phone that keeps me honest on all this, so I don't have to like sit there and like touch my phone. I have an interval timer that just pings me, mm. and just been chasing volume. Mm-hmm. So like anywhere between forty and sixty reps per exercise, mm-hmm. whether that's in three sets, four sets, or five sets, and then like three pushes and three pulls. The beauty of this is not only do I get a wicked pump, but the load is lighter, which means my shoulder appreciates it more. Gym five is as much easier because every you know a lot of the machines are more constricted, so my there's no aberrant movement in my shoulder. Wicked pump, lots of volume, lighter loads, shoulder seems to tolerate it. Mm-hmm. And in the grand scheme of things, I just really want to look jacked. I don't want to be jacked. <laughs> That's a lie. But I really want to look jacked. And this helps the goal. And I'm in the fat loss phase, so I'm not trying to push big weights anyway. Yeah. So it's been really conducive. So I think that I'm going to run with that. And the other day I did, it was 24 working sets, 12 push, 12 pull in like 29 or 30 minutes nice so in my schedule at work because i'm getting busier my schedule is condensing quick yep and so being able to turn and burn and get it done is of utmost importance right now because i just don't have the time at least at my job or if i go to gym five like it's late in the afternoon i just want to get in and get out yeah so it's been going well actually the shoulder is tolerating it so i'm trying to avoid surgery i have too much going on this year Trying to avoid surgery. Yeah. Cool, man. Yeah. I, uh, I myself just started <clears throat> a new program, which is very simple. Very, very simple. Um, it is... I've only done the first two days, but I'm pretty sure every day yeah. I'm cut off. Thank you. Uh-oh. Yeah. You must have a date after this. <laughs> hey, now. Um, it's a long day. And what was I talking about? My new program. New programming, two days in. New, new program. So you basically have, um, it's really just upper and lower. Mm. And so like your upper day will be like a chest and back. So your, uh, the, the breakdown is typically kind of a more um, isolation or machine-based exercise followed by a compound exercise that targets the same muscle group, Mm. followed by that same isolated-oriented exercise again. So it's like a chest fly into a bench press into a chest fly? Right. So it's like a sandwich. Right. It's like like an isometric... It's like a... Why can I not... Isolated. English is hard. (laughs) Uh, so it's so it's a sandwich in that way. So yeah, so like chest and back would be um, like cable chest fly, dumbbell bench, cable chest fly. Okay. And it's like four sets of eight across the board. Whoa. So it's like how much rest in between? Minimal. Oh, so one like back to back to back right, to back to right. back to back. So it's like eight flies, eight press. Okay. Eight flies. Dumbbell so, or cable on the flies. Uh, I think theoretically it could be either, but I just did cable. I was going to say, well, at Gym 5, it would be difficult to be bouncing back and forth. That's why I was, yeah. I was thinking about Gym 5's parameters. Um, I've actually been doing a lot of uh, workouts in my apartment gym lately. Oh, okay. Yeah. If, I don't, if I don't need anything, like, super fancy and I'm, like, kind of on a time crunch. Sure. 
Um, my apartment gym has a cable station, has dumbbells up to 70s. Okay, so you and, need some more done. And has leg extension, leg curl. Okay. So that covers a lot of bases. All right, so yeah. little, you're chasing a pump too. Yeah, oh, exactly. Buddy. All exactly. right, so Saturday mornings are going to change a little bit. Yeah, so all that to say, like, that, that's what reminded me, like, oh, man, like my... Well, that's because summer's right around the corner. Chest gets a little sore. This like this anterior delt gets a little sore. Yeah. I'm like, ah, oh, okay. okay, that's right. So I was, yeah. was going to say, I'll admit, I haven't been this sore in a while. And and to your point, I like what that I like that style of like isolation, compound isolation. There's no right or wrong here. You and I both know that. The only reason that I, like I'm doing the version that I'm doing is because gym five tends to be crowded, and if you walk away from a lat pull down you're probably not going back to it because someone else is taking it. Yeah. That's the only thing I don't like about Gym 5 is you really can't very easily superset anything unless it's a very, like, off-peak hour. Yeah. But I've never been there when it's been, like, dead. Oh, I have. Really? Yeah. I would love that. I, I don't mind. You and I have spoken at length. We don't have to talk about it. How many people that are in there killing it, and I yeah. love that. But there are days where I'm like, man, if there could be, like, just me in here, that'd be great. Dude, you go in there between like nine and noon a.m. Still working. Yeah, well, you should well, quit. Um, yeah. You should take some time off, bro. Just take work some time on off to I'll go work on that to, to go work out. Yeah, I'll just be doing my OnlyFans. You should talk that over with your accountant. Okay. Be like, can I retire? <laughs> when can I retire on my OnlyFans income? <laughs> reverse, reverse engineer that accounting. All right. No, I usually have to go at like three. Yeah. In the afternoon, yeah, yeah. And, and it's not busy, busy, but it's busy enough to where you really probably ought not to walk away from whatever you're working on. I think the one time I've been in there past one p.m. in the past like year was the one time I saw you there. You're right. I, I think about messaging you, but you're never there when I message, so I just don't anymore. <laughs> no, man. I'm always there when you're working. Yeah. To be, you know, to be, to be fair. Well, that's fine. Yeah. Um, speaking, side, you know, sidebar, um, you remember the guy we took that photo with at the Super Bowl at East National Brew Works? East National Beer Works, excuse me. Oh, our the, denim? Yeah. Our, uh-huh. ben, his name's Benjamin Davies, and I tagged him in it. He, uh-huh. wants, he wants to come work out with us one Saturday. <laughs> I shit you not. He messaged me after seeing fan my Fan of the story. show. He's a fan of the show. Uh, he messaged me after seeing my Instagram story the other day, and he was like, oh, I'd love to come work out with you. And I was like, well... I'm very hit or miss during the week, but on Saturday, if you want to come join, man, feel free. Yeah. Honestly, I think he's just trying to get some, some free workout advice, but that's okay. I'll help out. Yeah, why not? Why not? So I thought about throwing him the idea about doing the deadlifts and donuts with uh, Sam on mm. Sunday or mm-hmm. Saturday, but it's not my thing to invite anybody to, so I didn't. I was, well, like, I was like, we won't be there Saturday, but any sure. other Saturday. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. right. I meant to tell you that off air, but now we're talking about it now. <laughs> <laughs> cool yeah man it's um yeah it's funny it's funny being like a person out in public anonymously for lack of a better term and then when people like then follow you on social media or then like find out that you're a personal trainer it's funny how like some people are will be like super into like oh like let's go work out sometime or that kind of thing and then some people are super like oh god don't even try to get me to do whatever kind of wacky workout you're doing you know what i mean 
Yeah. Well, I get that a lot, specifically from like the kettlebell stuff. Like, oh my god, do not, do not try to get me to, you know, lift kettlebells. It's like half, and then the other half are like, oh, I've always wanted to try that, or, you know, come, you know, come to my CrossFit gym or something like that. No, I usually will never. If someone like that like DMs me or something, I will never say anything like, oh, come check me out at my gym or whatever. I'm like, sure, let's cross paths at the gym sometime, and then you can see if you can keep up, which is a lie because I'm not that good. <laughs> but I'm, like, I'll joke with them be like, oh, let's see if you can keep up. So I don't care. If people want to come work out. Now, if they can keep up or, it, like, if it goes anywhere from there, then that's cool or whatever. Yeah. But in fairness, it's more likely that they will never show up. Yeah. Like anybody who's ever been like, oh, I'd love to come work out with you sometime. I'm like, great. I'll be there on Saturday at 930. See you there. And they don't show up. Like that's more often the case. I will see you there or I will <laughs> see you at another time. <laughs> Basically. Um, but we'll see if this guy shows up on Saturday. Okay. So I, he, he sent me his number. So I'll text him, you know, to see what he's about. Yeah. He's, you know, he seems like a nice guy. So who knows? Yeah, but for sure. To bring it to back to what we were just talking about, though, I'm curious so you're doing, you and I are both doing more or less like, for lack of a better word, like an upper body, like, I don't know what your lower body looks like, but well, I imagine it's similar. It's the same thing. Right. So like squats, leg extension, squat, or excuse me, leg extension, squat, leg extension. So That was my workout yesterday. Okay. So um, I'll speak for myself, but I am curious about your experience. Earlier in my career, I was very much like more bodybuilding focused. Not as creative as that, but mostly like there's like a chest day and like a back day and a leg day or whatever. And then I got kind of into the powerlifting scene. In other words, to me, earlier in my career, I was very much um, like in a box. So I, I was bodybuilding and only bodybuilding. And then I was, you know, uh, powerlifting and only power, like anything more than six is cardio kind of. And then not so much with like um, CrossFit because I got CrossFit late in my career and in, in my life. But I'm curious, what was your journey? Like, have you always been like a tapas style fitness person? Or have you been like a main course and maybe I'll dabble in some mashed potatoes? But the steak is what I'm here for. Um. I have been a meat and potatoes, steak okay. is what I'm here for, when, like when there's been a good reason to be. And for a lot of my early time in fitness, I had good reason to be. So like, for example, getting into kettlebells, like the reason I was just so swings and get-ups was because I was training for certifications. Hmm. You know, so... So you had to be, yeah. like, hyper-focused. Right. So, you know, so it took me, like, a year or more to train for the RKC. And then I recertified in it. And then I trained for the level two. And then, you know, I did, like, the whole series of certification programs. And those all kind of dictated a very, um, like, a very deep dive on just a handful of lifts. So that dictated my training for a while. Um, and then same thing like in powerlifting. You know, like I competed in powerlifting. I uh, coached, you know, a lot of powerlifters for 
a while, so that dictated a lot. Um, the, and then, you know, like with Spartan races, which I think I've talked about, like I did a mm-hmm. bunch of those, had a little team. That was fun because by its very nature is a little bit more GPP, sure. a little bit more general. So um, keeping up with running, keeping up with like, uh, you know, pull-up strength, um, burpees. Like I actually trained burpees mm. because burpees were, you know, uh, a big part of the whole Spartan race thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but, you know, when I don't have something uber specific that I like need to train for um, I'm I'm always a little bit top of style okay yeah when you were training for powerlifting or training for kettlebells or training for Spartan races were you mentally and emotionally like blinders on yeah mm-hmm. or okay well let me, let me finish my question sorry no well I, I, <laughs> I think I have a feeling I know what you're going to say but I'm curious um, like, were you all in on kettlebells? Like, fuck powerlifting, fuck Spartan racing, fuck bodybuilding. Kettlebells is my jam. I'm doing that. Uh-huh. And then powerlifting, you're like, you know what? Kettlebells be damned. Who gives a shit about running because that's cardio? Powerlifting is my jam. Well, when I say that, I mean, like, almost like an identity. You know, it, I never... Or... or yeah. Did you have a goal, but you your blinders were off, and you're like, I understand my goal and my my intentions here, but I also see the value in all these other things. There's a difference. There's a key difference here. Yeah, yeah. Typically, always the latter. Okay. Yeah, I have never tied my identity to what I do in the gym. Oh, I like that about you. <laughs> I know. I know you do. I didn't at first, but I do now. I, well, we'll talk about... Uh, uh, which, let me walk wait, that wait, back. Which, which part? Um, <laughs> I, was, I was more dogmatic and had blinders on earlier in my career. Your ego is wrapped up in... Correct. Yeah. I wouldn't say identity. That's another thing I want to talk about separately here yeah. in a minute. But yeah, yeah, and that's a little bit more of like maybe a more like fundamental life lesson is you are not your ideas. Right. You know, you are not your opinions. You know, what's that? It was fight club quote. Like you are not, um, you're Jack's festering kidney or whatever. Right. Yes. Yes. That thing. <laughs> like you're, you. you know, and that's, that's the root of so much of the nonsense and the infighting that we see in the fitness industry. Right. And I mean, fill in the blank in politics, in nutrition, no, for sure. in like everything. It's like you get, you get so wrapped up in your identity, in your ego, in an idea that can be criticized. Right. And then that, and then that makes you very defensive mm-hmm. and all, and the snowball continues. So no, man, that's, I think that's maybe one of the, uh, blessings of getting into fitness. Like after I had like a fully formed identity as a person mm-hmm. is I didn't take any of this stuff too personally. Okay. Yeah. I respect that about you. You've also told me about the mean, nasty comments people leave on your YouTube videos and that would tear me apart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's, there's that. Yeah. There's that. Yeah. So no, I mean, different. if you, yeah, 
yeah, if you're going to subject yourself to, you know, criticism like on the internet, uh, you know, a big, a big part of not going crazy is just understanding that like people can uh, criticize the idea. And it's funny, like the stuff that you see on YouTube is like just these diatribes just don't make any sense. Mm. You know what I mean? So you kind of, you kind of get to peer into, um, the, uh, maybe the mental health of, uh, people that like to leave YouTube comments, mm-hmm. which I can tell you is pretty dark. <clears throat> I'm, I'm in a number of like Facebook groups and it's always, um, amazing, but also so predictable how like emotionally intertwined people get about weird stuff. Yeah. Like very bizarro. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and again, like, I think we were talking about, weren't we talking about maybe last episode or the episode before about, like, the um, the book that I was reading called Alchemy, which is about kind of, like, the irrationality of, like, human behavior and perception. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, think, I think once you can really integrate that whole idea, just the fact that, like, um, we're driven so much by non-rational thinking Mm -hmm. it's not to say that it's bad and not and not even to say that you know um like it doesn't have value like if we were like perfectly rational machines like maybe we'd never fall in love and then if nobody ever fell in love what would what what would our world look like? It would probably be depopulated in in no time flat, right? Well, it's uh, well maybe that sounds like a discussion for off air. Mm, maybe yeah, okay. Yeah. So in any case, um, irrational like thought and behavior is not necessarily a bad thing, but it doesn't mean that you can't like also identify it. Mm. You know what I mean? And just like, accept that that's like a part of life. And make the best choices and the best decisions that you can with that in your back pocket. Okay. So, a little bit of a tangent there. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, going all the way back to when I was, like, the most, let's say, zealous about, let's say, like, just kettlebell training when I was, let's say, training for the RKC. It's, um, yeah, it was only... It was only to master a craft, right? And and I don't even I I, ha, I don't even like to say that it wasn't to only master a craft because it it's it's a very important and fundamental um, event and and happening in sure. my career in my personal and professional development. But yeah, I mean at the same time it's like you know it, this this is the gift of injury. Suddenly you break a leg or you pop a bicep. And you just have to, like, reconcile the fact that, okay, well, if I can't squat and I can't do bicep curls, I'm still Zach. You're still Andy. Mm. Like, we, we're still, <laughs> we still have a fully formed identity outside of what we can or can't do. Mm. And I think if we keep that frame of mind, if we keep that mindset, that's ultimately what keeps us um, adaptable as coaches. Mm-hmm. And, and adaptable for what we can deliver for our, our clients because then we're not so one-dimensional. Hmm. And so then you're reverse engineering 
a result through fitness as opposed to trying to stuff a fitness solution into every problem. Hmm. Okay. I like that. Yeah. All right. I got one more thing I want to finish on today. Just like an anecdotal thing. and I'm just genuinely curious. Um, so I was on the phone with my sister. I'm the oldest of three. My sister is the youngest. She is six years younger than me. Um, we were talking on the phone the other day. She, she lives in Albuquerque. Her husband plays uh, professional soccer. And my uh, sister is in medical sales. And she does well in her job, but she doesn't love it. And, and there are some things about it, some elements about it that just make it a, huge, a colossal pain in the ass. So we were talking about it, and she was wondering, uh, she, you know, like, sort of considering like a, like a professional transition sort of pivot, whatever. But she was like, I don't know what I would do. But also, like, if I were to leave this industry altogether, mm. I don't know what I'm, I'm so passionate about that I could turn it into a career. And I was, um, I sort of stopped her right there. And I was like, look, I like fitness. It's a big part of my life. I like to do it. It is not something that I'm like, overly passionate about mm. beyond what I you know my being a hobby and being what I do for a living I it's not I don't love it love it and you mm. know those fitness people who like love it love it like mm. live breathe eat have like honestly truly are just intertwined into fitness mm-hmm. and I, I get it because I've, I've felt that about other subjects like skateboarding very much intertwined into like eat, breathe, live, skateboarding when I was a kid. Fitness is not that for me. And I cautioned her, and I was like, I love fitness, but it's not my be-all-end-all love or thing, like one thing that I love the most. It's not at all. It's probably maybe top five, maybe. Um, but I was like, I, I would caution you about trying to turn a career out of something that you're really passionate about because then you make the thing that you're passionate about uh, under the influence of, of, for lack of a better word, creative constraints. It sort of morphs it. It sort of messes with it a little bit. So something that you are really passionate just for the sake of the, the activity, you turn into a job. Now it kind of mangles it a little bit. So I was, I was, adamant to like caution i was like i I understand where you're coming from but i would be careful not to try to turn something you're passionate about now that said i am passionate about helping people i like helping people fitness is the avenue that i have chosen to turn into a career path that's happened to be okay at it and coach people well at it so but it's not the fitnessing part that's the main thing for me it's the seeing people progress and do better and enjoy it and like and and have the same enjoyment out of of getting stronger and seeing their progress like week in and week out that I do with my own workouts. That's mm-hmm. what I do it for. Not because I love fitness so much. I love helping people. So <clears throat> I bring up that story because I think it's relevant to like what we do as like coaches, but also like I go and do my MTSU guest lecture a month from the 23rd so Mm -hmm. a couple days from now 
and I, it's one thing that I bring up with them because like they're all passionate about fitness, but I'm like I, I caution them to sort of separate the emotional side of like fitness, the things that you love to do, from the career side of things, so that you don't mangle it into something you end up hating. Mm-hmm. So, I'm curious of all the things that you're interested in. Is fitness a true passion, or is it just an avenue with which that you um, sort of serve, like old, you know, um, other benefits or other interests or whatever? Yeah. Well, you're hitting on a very powerful idea, mm-hmm. and one that I have gotten a little more nuanced about in my thinking over the over the course of time. And I think I think you're exactly right. I think. Um, Following your passion is one of these things that is very easy to say, mm-hmm. um, but it's also a little bit tricky because at the end of the day, it is something that I'm passionate about. And mm. and we've we've had this discussion like early in the podcast, like one of our first few episodes was how like I am the fitness guy, right? Remember that? Remember that episode? So. There's a little bit of maybe survivorship bias, I think, when people like us have this conversation. But you are right, where I would say, like, the, the most fundamental thing that I enjoy is helping people, is working with people, mm-hmm. is having my own schedule, is being creative, mm-hmm. it is having quiet time. Because, like, again, as, you know, my kind of career dynamic is... I'm not in a big loud gym. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like even if I was still successful in terms of like being busy at like Lifetime Fitness, I wouldn't want to be in this big loud crowded environment all the time. Mm-mm. That would not be successful for me. So there, there are all these things that come into play. Helping people, staying active, staying engaged with people, having some quiet time, being creative in terms of like, you know, content creation. Networking, hanging out with my buddy, doing a podcast. Like, you could, under, under this one umbrella of fitness or under this one umbrella of personal trainer, already we're talking about multiple different, you know, avenues mm-hmm. of like what your actual life and what your actual day to day looks like. You know, like, am I passionate about podcasting? Like, not exactly, <laughs> you know, but, but, but do I, but do, but do I enjoy getting together with my buddy Andy and talking and shop and having some drinks and incorporating that into my weekly, um, schedule? Yes. Hmm. You know, and is, and that's just something that you discover along the way. Mm-hmm. Same kind of thing. Like you know, am I super passionate about like YouTube? Not really, but if it satisfies, if it checks these boxes of helping people, Mm -hmm. you know, giving me some creative ways to express myself and put a video together and be on camera and that whole thing. I'm not putting out like a video a day, Mm -hmm. putting out like a video or two a month. But again, it fits under that umbrella. So, under the umbrella of like my job, there's like dozens of things that A, I never would have planned that I would do, 
Um, and B that I've just kind of learned to enjoy like through the process. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's also nothing wrong with just having a job that fits into your life that maybe isn't super duper stressful mm-hmm. or Hey, if it's worth it, it's worth it, you know, for, for whatever that, you know, counts for. Um, and then also having passions and hobbies, like, you know, you don't have to turn everything into a business and I'm the worst with that particular mindset. Like you probably know this, my sister (laughs) definitely knows this. And a lot of other people who I talk to who are maybe more entrepreneurial, I'm just like, take every little thing that you're into and just turn it into a business. Sure. And some people like that resonates with most people that doesn't. And honestly, for most people, that's like bad advice. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's really tricky. You know, grass is always greener on the other side. Mm. You know, I'll say that too. Grass is always greener. Um, but yeah, I've just tried to, again, in the same way where I think you can't be too attached to like the identity of like what you're doing, like in your training, I think there's probably a parallel mindset with what you're doing in your job. Mm-hmm. You know, like be, be a little bit more creative with how like your, your vocation and your job works into your, into your life. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's, that's a little bit of a rant, but um, I, think, I think we're hitting on a very important topic that I think a lot of people have too much black and white thinking about. Mm-hmm. And there's just a lot of nuance in there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's your life. And there's no such thing as a life without problems mm. or a life without stress. So you, you pick your problems. I say, I'm not my job. I am Jack's clogged artery. <laughs> <laughs> I am not Andy Van Strength and Conditioning. Yeah. Which, it, which is tough because you actually are. I am, yeah. That's the worst part about putting my name on the building is like now it's, it is like it actually is a Andy. physical manifestation of like, <laughs> I was like, ugh. So, well, that's cool, man. Yeah. I, I do, we've talked about this link before and, and, and again, talking with my sister, <clears throat> I love my job. I do. I try when I can to separate and being an entrepreneur is, is very challenging to have like, boundaries where you separate what you do for your day-to-day what you do for a living and like everything else it can be very challenging as an entrepreneur but i have a greater appreciation for it and going like to tie it back to training i think early in my entrepreneurial career i did nothing but live breathe eat drink work my life was my job and i think it backfired on me a couple years back and so I've, I've taken great lengths to um, build a career that I enjoy and I love doing, but also put like a stopgap to it. So at like a certain point during the day, I am no longer Andy Van Strength and Conditioning. I'm Andy Van likes to go camping and hiking. I'm Andy Van that likes to do yard work and work on his house. Andy Van uh, listens to a lot of music. Andy Van sits in his hammock and li- reads a book. So anyway, yeah, yeah it, it's challenging, but, but again, going back to, you know, tying it back to the fitness thing, um, I 
think that for a while it's probably not a bad idea to like go all in on like a specific fitness topic like bodybuilding or powerlifting or kettlebells or whatever but always have when you can try to take those blinders off and get the big picture a hundred percent like yeah that that is the yin and yang of i think mastering like any craft like you need to go in deep and fully master something you know it's like I think it's it's my understanding that like Picasso could recreate like some of the finest you know you know uh, Renaissance you know pieces of, mm-hmm. of art. He could do that. He put in his ten thousand hours, probably plus another ten thousand. Went in deep in the craft, but then he parlayed that into drawn squares and triangles Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know but he had to go through the process to get to what he actually was as an artist Mm. if you just if picasso just started out drawing you know cubism is that the term uh he has a lot of different like uh phases in his artwork sure yes but cubism is one of them cubism right right probably what he's like my wife would be super proud of me right now for remembering all that that's kind of probably what he's like most well known for. You yeah. Know? Um, but yeah, so it's like you go through phases. You you dive in deep. You get what you can out of it. You move on. Mm-hmm. Um, like what Bruce Lee said, you take what's useful, discard the rest. Mm-hmm. Bruce Lee, probably another good example. Someone who, um, again, I don't really know too much about Bruce Lee, but I can imagine he goes in deep into a martial art, steals everything he can, goes on to the next one. Mm-hmm. On to the next one, on to the next one. And I think, um, you know, there's that whole idea of like stealing like an artist. Mm. But you don't do it from a surface pilfering mindset. You do it from a space of, okay, I've gotten everything that I can out of this well of, you know, everything out of this school, everything out of this approach, you know, whatever the case may be. And then I integrate it. Mm-hmm. into the next thing. And that's that's the mentality that I've always tried to take with training. Okay. Is it the Picasso? Is there an anecdote about Picasso? You know that one? Drawing a bird on a napkin. And then the woman was like, that took you five minutes. Right. And so he's the, like, it took me 50 years. So the story, yeah, so the story goes, uh, a lady runs into Picasso. It's like a cafe. In, in a Paris cafe. And she's like, like hey, will you, will you sketch me a bird? Mm-hmm. And he's like, sure. And so he like sketches out a bird on a napkin. And she's like, oh, you know, thank you so much. And he's like, yeah, that'll be like $75,000. Yeah. And she's like, what? That only took you 45 seconds to sketch. Actually, it took me 60 years and 45 seconds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's the exact same thing that I like tell you know, like, like people in fitness, like how long did it take you to get this strong? Or how long did it take you to like master, you know, the kettlebell swing or the kettlebell snatch or this thing or that thing? I'm like, how old am I? It took me 30 some odd years to do this. Mm -hmm. It may take you 20 minutes. I don't know, but I can tell you it took me my entire life to be able to do this. Right. You know, and you can fill, you can fill that in with, with everything, Mm -hmm. you know? Like um, Ken behind the bar, yep. who who runs Zons, comes out with comes out with a new beer. How did you do that? 
how long did it take you to come up with this idea, this beer and everything? He's gone through how many iterations of all these beers? Mm-hmm. He's like, well, you could take my recipe and do it tonight. Yeah. But it took me... At least 30 years. I think he saw us in the 90s is when he started home brewing. So, yeah. Right. 30 years. So, he, so he's been in business, in the craft for many dozens of years. Right. So it's like, I don't know. Took me, you know, 30 years. And I think, I think just having that, that perspective is very, very important. Mm-hmm. You know, because again, we live in such a TikTok oriented world where yep. we just, where our attention spans are so small and we just have solutions. We have a little problem, we have a little solution, we have a little fix. Here it is, here it is, here it is. Mm-hmm. You know? So, it's, it's all about the process, you know, as, as cliche as that is to say, but you gotta, be, you gotta be committed to that process. And then when that process applies to your own life mm-hmm. and, and what you're doing for a career and how you're spending your life, I'll be the first to admit, that's, that's like a huge, that's a huge can of worms that um, I think we're only scratching the surface with. But if you take that same perspective, you'll at least enjoy the process. Because to be fair, I think my sister is probably gonna make a big career move in the next maybe couple of years as well. Some, some big shift, maybe starting over. And it's like, you know, there's that, um, there's that kind of surface level career coach advice, which is, well, you've developed all these skills from your previous jobs. You right. know what I mean? Like how right. you can kind of fill out your resume. And that is true, that is important. But still, it's like no matter what you're going to get yourself into, no matter what you're going to start new or stick to, it's still a process. Right. So, again, it just goes back to like any given path that you're going to take is going to have foreseeable and unforeseeable benefits, mm-hmm. foreseeable and unforeseeable obstacles and problems. Nice. Yeah, that's all I got for today. Well, Considering makes... we walked in here with no plan <laughs> <laughs> again, worked out. Yeah, yeah, always does. Yeah. So if you're listening on the live stream, I think we had at least a few minutes to cut out there. So, but we'll, thank you for staying, sticking it out. We'll be better minutes. about that. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll, we'll keep an eye on the blue light. I think yeah. that's literally all we have to do. Um, but. Uh, Again, as we crank into the spring 2022 season, um, just want to say thanks again for listening, now for watching. I think we're going to try maybe um, a, a, another angle. I think we're going to try to get a webcam going maybe for um, episodes coming up so that we can actually have um, video that we can clip that's oh. not just from the phone, not just from the live stream. Shit. Yeah. Okay, that's new. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be <laughs> we're gonna be trying that out next week. Okay, that's new. Yeah. Um, hey, once I remember to like charge everything, it's we we have We're options. Game on. Okay. Yeah, we have options. So again, thanks to uh, Ken and the whole crew here at Zons Brewing. Beers are great as always. We we stuck to the stout stouts this time, mm-hmm. but last week we had the the new Belgian Belgian blonde blondes. Which is very good. What's the new one coming out next week? Okay, but he said. The, what about next? I thought he said next week there's going to be a new one. 
Oh, the German pills. That's the right. The German pills okay, is coming up. On deck. On deck. Can't wait. So again, thanks to uh, the Zahn's crew here for the hospitality, for the great drinks. And yeah, we got some great guests coming up. Already some amazing guests in the can. So uh, again, whether this is your, uh, your first time listening or your, where are we on, 62? 62. Or your 62nd time listening. We do appreciate uh, your listenership. And don't be afraid to say hello or drop a question um, to Andy and I on Instagram or our social media. And we'd be uh, happy to uh, field some topics there for you. A to Z, no BS. We will see you next time. Goodbye.